at the pr at the precise moment. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? Don't answer at once. In two weeks, we're going to have our annual prayer and fasting weekend. For many of you, I look around and I see that many of you are not familiar with prayer and fasting weekend. So I want to spend the time this morning that I have to talk about this project and maybe even answer some of your questions that you might have. But before we go to that, I want to explain how this prayer and fasting works for those who may not be familiar with this program that we have, uh, we have every year. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about fasting. Okay? We have lots of ideas about fasting. And uh, I'd like to just talk about what, what does the Bible say about the exercise, the spiritual exercise of fasting. So let's look in the Old Testament first of all. The Hebrew word in the Old Testament for fasting meant to afflict the soul. To afflict the soul. In general it meant to go without food or without drink. The Jews fasted as part of their various religious days in the calendar. In other words they had certain days in the calendar where they fasted. The Day of Atonement, for example, was one of the days where they fasted. Now for the Jews there were five such special days throughout the year where they uh, were obliged to fast. All of these, of course, were according to the Talmud. And according to the Talmud, uh, many of their fasting days were linked to uh, previous disasters that had taken place in their history. Now in addition to these there were other individual times for fasting as well as corporate periods for fasting. In other words individuals by themselves chose times to fast and groups also uh, chose times to fast. Sometimes when there were uh, terrible things that were taking place within the nation. For example in Judges chapter 20 verse 26 there was internal warfare between two tribes. And after the war, there was a fast uh, in order to uh, show their grief and their sorrow because of the war they had among themselves. Fasting in the Old Testament was a way of showing or a way of expressing grief, for example, or penance, or humility, or the need for guidance in, in Exodus 34, 28, for example, the people wanted guidance from God and so they fasted to prepare themselves to try to, you know, know God's will. Sometimes they wanted attention from God. They felt that God had abandoned them or wasn't paying attention to them and so they fasted in order to try to draw God's attention to themselves. Isaiah chapter 58. Now, to balance this view, the prophets taught that without the right conduct, fasting was in vain. And I'll read, I, I said I wasn't going to read any of the scriptures, but I am going to read one scripture, and that's in Jeremiah chapter 14. And if the translators want to take the time to find that, Jeremiah chapter 14, beginning in verse 11. It says, 
Jeremiah 14, beginning in verse 11, it says, So the Lord said to me, Do not pray for the welfare of this people. When they fast, I am not going to listen to their cry, and when they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I am not going to accept them. Rather, I am going to make an end of them by the sword, famine, and pestilence. So God is saying, I'm not going to pay attention to the fasting of the people. And if you read the story, you find out it's because the people had been disobedient to God. They had not obeyed Him. And they thought just by fasting, they were going to get His blessings and attention. And God said, no. Fasting is not the thing that gets my attention. Obedience is what gets my attention. So those are some of the ideas about fasting that are contained in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we see that uh, the Jews continued this custom, although the only official fasting day on the calendar at that time that is mentioned in the New Testament is the Day of Atonement, a special feast that the Jews had. Some Pharisees, who were very strict, fasted every Monday and every Thursday. Mondays and Thursday, those were the fasting days for the Pharisees. Now the only time the New Testament mentions that Jesus fasted, anybody know? Very good, in the desert, when Jesus went out into the desert and he was tempted by Satan, he was tested by Satan. That's the only time in the New Testament where it mentions that Jesus willingly fasted. Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 4. Now Jesus himself assumed that fasting was part of the Jewish custom and he did not promote it nor did he discourage it. He didn't say you have to fast and he didn't say you don't have to fast. His concern was that the practice of fasting be done for God and not to impress other people. What did Jesus say, right? When you fast, right? How, do you, how are you supposed to be when you're fast? Normal. You're supposed to wash your face and, you know, act normally. Don't pretend that you're fasting. Don't do it in order to draw the attention of other, of other people. That was Jesus' main teaching on fasting. If you're going to do it, do it for God. Don't do it for other people. Now, the practice of fasting continued among the early church by Christians from both Jewish and Gentile backgrounds. In other words, Jews who became Christians continued to fast. And Gentiles who became Christians, they also uh, continued the practice of fasting. For example, prayer and fasting was done before sending out Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey in Acts chapter 13. The church prayed and fasted, and then they sent out Paul and Barnabas on their missionary journey. Another example, prayer and fasting uh, was done before choosing elders. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, the church fasted and prayed before choosing leaders for the church. Uh, another uh, example, individuals were instructed to pray and fast when facing marital crisis. Isn't that interesting? Paul says, you know, that the, the couple should separate for a time with prayer and fasting. Why? so that they could seek the Lord, so that they could contemplate what are the problems, you know, in their relationship. Paul also refers to his own fasting and prayer as a, a habit and a practice in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and also uh, chapter 11. 
So there's some, you know, some things in the New Testament that are mentioned about fasting. So some conclusions that we can draw upon based on this information about fasting in the New Testament. What are some of the conclusions? Well, conclusion number one. It was part of the Jewish law and it was practiced by the Jews in various forms and severity. In other words, the Pharisees were the most zealous about fasting. We learn that from the Bible. Another thing that we learn is that Jesus himself fasted, but he did not bind it upon his disciples as a command. He didn't say to his disciples, you must fast. Thirdly, we find out that the early Christians added fasting to prayer for various reasons, but especially when faced with important decisions or crisis. When they as individuals or as a church were faced with crisis, they prayed and they fasted. They enjoined the two together. Today, we see fasting when accompanied by prayer as a spiritual exercise that helps us focus our minds and focus our spirits on God. It's like a camera, you know? You're looking through a lens of a camera. What do you do to get a sharp picture? You kind of focus the lens to get the sharpest possible image. Well, prayer and fasting is a form of spiritual exercise that helps focus our spiritual lens on God. It is also a good discipline to help us develop self-control over our own bodies so that we're not overwhelmed by the things of this world. We are so bombarded by the things of this world, not necessarily bad things, you know, our work, our career, those are not bad things. Family, recreation, problems, trouble, money, you know, the car breaks down, you know, those are not like immoral things. They're just stuff that happens that just, you know, are burying us spiritually. We're so bombarded. The idea uh, that occasional fasting helps us measure the degree of control or self-control we actually have over our physical appetites. For example, if you cannot go without regular food for one day, how can you develop the self-control necessary to deal with more powerful temptations that tempt us every single day? Imagine. Also, fasting helps us to test that spiritual muscle that controls our will. It's like going to the gym to see what kind of shape that we're in as far as our self-control is concerned. Jesus said, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him do what? Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Let him deny himself. Exactly what spiritual muscle is necessary in order to deny yourself? Your willpower. Fasting is the thing that tests your willpower in a very safe way. Denying yourself requires willpower, and the will to deny yourself comes with practice. And fasting is one form of practice that helps us to become masters over self in the name and for the cause of Christ. Our prayer and fasting weekend helps us in this area as well as develops our prayer life. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, 
prayer and fasting weekend. You know about prayer. I'm not going to give you a long sermon about prayer. You know about prayer. I've preached and taught about prayer before. But it's fasting that we're not very familiar with, and that's why I wanted to give a little bit of information. So that brings us to our project in two weeks. On Friday, February the 22nd, and Saturday, February 23rd. That's from 6 o'clock Friday night to 6 o'clock Saturday evening. Here's what we're trying to do. We're going to have a prayer schedule. Let me get that out here. Uh, let's see. No, this is the prayer. We're going to have a prayer schedule. We'd like to have an unbroken 24-hour period of prayer to God by this congregation. That means that the Villamard Church of Christ will be praying to God for an entire day without stopping. Now, it would be nice if we could all get, get in the building, right? 6 p.m., everybody's in the building Friday at 6 p.m., and we stay here, and nobody sleeps, and we're all praying, you know. But that physically would be a little difficult, wouldn't it? Some people work, some people couldn't, you know. We have new moms with new baby, you know. that. So what we do is we make a schedule that has a 24-hour period broken up into half-hour sections. And people volunteer. They say, for the period between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Friday night, I will represent the church before the Lord, and I will be praying. I will, I will stand in the breach, and I will be praying before the Lord on behalf of the church. And then at, at, at 7 o'clock till 7.30, someone else will say, I will take over the praying at 7.30, and I will pray uh, you know, from 7 to 7.30, and I will be praying for that half hour. And from 7.30 to 8.30, somebody else will say, okay, I will, or we will take over. The two of us will be praying for that one. In other words, it's like a chain that just goes for 24 hours. As one person or a group of people pray from 7 to 8, then at 8 o'clock, another person takes over till 8.30, and another person takes over from 8.30 to 9.30 or whatever. Now, you don't have to come to the building for that. You can do that at home, obviously. You can do that wherever wherever you are. And so that's why we have this schedule here. We have 48 half-hour blocks. All right. Now, I'm going to ask you to put your names down. The minimum is a half-hour. <clears throat> Excuse me. The minimum is a half-hour, but you can volunteer for more than a half-hour block. You can take one hour, or you can take a half hour here and a half hour there and a half hour there, or you can take one hour here and a half hour later. You know, you can break it up the way you want. There can even be more than one person. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's say the only time you can pray is from uh, 2 in the morning till 3 in the morning. But there's already somebody praying at 2 to 3 in the morning. It doesn't matter. It's okay to have two people praying. From 2 a.m. to 3 a.m. Those are usually the hardest spots to fill, by the way. Everybody wants to, you know, you know what, what hour everybody wants to pray at? 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Friday. <laughs> it's the 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. spot that's a little tough to get. But that's okay. Do you know every year we've done it, we've never failed? 
We've always had people to pray for the entire tour. But it's important that you do it. Don't be the person that says, I will do it, and you break the chain. Okay? The important thing is that every period of time is covered by one or more persons. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going, I don't usually do this, but because it takes time, I'm going to start passing this around. And you start putting your name down. Okay? You start putting your names down. And if you can, if you can do it, and still listen to me while I'm talking. Can you do that? Amen? Amen. Alright, we'll see. Hey, hi guys. Hi, nice to see you. All right, prayer and we're talking about the prayer and fasting weekend. Now, what do we pray about? Oh my, what do we pray about? Okay, who's got the handout sheets? Let me see there, I need to see something. I just stepped out of the camera. For you people at home, I'll be back in a minute here. Uh, no, not this sheet, that sheet. Okay, all right, so not that one right there. All right, so handout, okay, so start here, give half of them to... Uh, so he can hand out his side. All right. But not, not, don't hand out the blue ones right away. One for each family? Or? Just, yeah, one for each family. Just, just the white ones for now, okay? All right. So what do we pray about? <coughs> not the blue ones. The white ones. Only the white ones. I know this is complicated. If you're, no, you can't be that colorblind. All right, what do we pray about? Some people say, what on earth am I going to pray about for a half hour? Or I signed up for an hour. I mean, I can barely pray for two minutes. In one of the handouts that you're getting, there are suggestions concerning the things you might focus on in your prayers. For example, I'll just give you an example. Let's say you're, you have an hour to pray. I suggest begin praying for your family. Each individual person in your fa immediate family and perhaps extended family, your parents, your uncles, your aunts. Uh, after you finish doing that, take out the members list of the church and go through each member that you know and pray for the people that you know in the church. I mean, I think just those two things, you'll, you'll blow through a half hour like you won't even have time to do a half hour. Uh, on the sheet here it says, uh, make a list of blessings you've received in the last year and give thanks for each. Just take out a piece of paper and start writing down the blessings that you've had. Some of you have, have had children in the last year. Well, you could spend a long time praying for the child to come or the child that has just come and all the things that you want God to give to that child. And the one thing, the one thing that I have known, noticed about the prayer and fasting is that not a single, not one time has anyone ever said, well, I ran out of things to pray about. 
It's always the opposite. Well, I, just, I should have taken more time. Are you kidding me? I, just, I was praying for my family. I looked at the time. It was finished. What should I have done? They say, so what should I have done? And what do I answer to them? But keep on praying, you know, so you, you went through your half hour. It's okay. God's still listening. It's okay. Now, in addition to that, in addition to this, we have this list here. These are special prayer requests. We would also like you to write down one or more special prayer requests that you have. I'm going to pass this chart around. This is different than the schedule. The schedule is you're writing down when you're going to pray. This here is, what do you want the church to pray for, for you? We're going to, there are a lot of pages. There are lots of, you know, we've, we've got several pages here that you can write your prayer requests. All right? Now, Make these prayer requests as specific as you can so that we can verify when God will answer them. Don't be afraid to be specific. In other words, don't say, well, you know, don't write down, I pray for world peace. Way too general. Anyways, that's not going to happen. Because why? Why is that not going to happen? Because Jesus said it's not going to happen. Jesus said there will always be wars and rumors of wars. There will always be wars. Until the end of time, there will always be wars. So don't pray for world peace. But you can pray for the end of the war in Iraq. You can pray for that if you want. Or in Chad in Africa. You know, or in Beirut. So make it specific. Don't say, uh, I pray for good health. Well, you know, what's good health? Good health when you're 22 and good health when you're 62 is not exactly the same thing. I'm here to tell you. But you can pray, stop my migraines. God, please, stop my migraines. Or, you know, whatever. My, my uncle is very ill. Give him relief. Be specific. I find that we're afraid to be specific with God. And you'll find out, as we have every year, sometimes we have 50 prayer requests, right? And last year, or the year before, out of the 50 specific prayer requests, or out of the 50 requests, 40 of the 50 requests were answered. The prayers were answered specifically and the other 10 we didn't know because they were too general you know it was like I pray for world peace or I pray that everybody be happy well you know on what moment at what day you know I was happy last week on the beach you know I mean I was happy I was less happy this morning but so let's let's be specific now here's what we're going to do Today and, throughout and, and up till next Sunday, you can list your specific prayer requests, right? And then we're going to take them, type them up nice and clean, and we're going to mail them to you to make sure that you have a copy of all the prayer requests 
So while you are praying, you can also be praying for your brothers and sisters' prayer requests that are on the sheet here. Everybody understand that? Is that good? All right, so I'm going to start passing this around. Now, if you've got the chart, don't just fill it out and then put it next to the chair. You know, pass it around. It's okay. You can keep passing the chart around through the lesson. We'll, I'd say let's stop during communion. And then after, when I do my class, you can keep passing it around. We want to get as many people as possible to fill this out. All right. All right, let's talk about fasting. This time, the practical side of fasting. All right, Leonard, now is the time for the blue sheet. Now everything's in English and French, you know, so. All right, on the blue sheet you have a section that says the do's and don'ts of fasting. And I want to go over these with you very quickly. The do's and don'ts of fasting. Some people fast with the best intention, but they end up having a bad experience or they get sick because of a common, they, they misunderstand fasting. Here are the things that you must not do when you fast for 24 hours. You do not prepare for a fast by eating as much junk food as possible. Some people are eating ice cream and chips and you know, right till 6 p.m., you know, woof, try to get a big stomach, you know, see if that'll last. That'll only make you sick. Do not do that. Do not try to stock up by eating big meals. Have a huge breakfast and a huge lunch and a huge supper, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you know, the idea of fasting is you're denying your body. Don't put it. Don't fill it with a whole ton of food so that the body has to work so hard for 24 hours to get rid of that food. You, you will not accomplish anything. Do not drink a lot of soda and coffee, alcohol of course, before the fast. Plan, don't plan a lot of activity. On the day of fasting, I'm going to go skating, uh, tobogganing, I'm going to go play ball hockey, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go shopping. <laughs> Hit you where it hurts, you know. Do not plan a lot of strenuous activity. I'm going to do my housework, for example, so that I don't have to think about fasting. Don't do that. Don't do that. And do not finish your fast with a huge heavy meal because you're hungry. I, I don't advise you to go to McDonald's and have a quadruple Big Mac to break your fast. Not a good idea. Don't do that. Some of the things that you should do, drink lots of water or sport drinks like Gatorade while you fast. Not milk. Don't, don't do dairy products. Eat balanced meals, chicken or pasta, veggies and fruit before you fast and try to avoid caffeine before your fast. Reduce your activity level 
Remember, on the day of your fasting, you are focusing on God. Now, you may have to do, take care of things, and, but try to re don't add activity on that day if it's possible. Make time for rest and prayer and meditation. Now, here's the important one. Accept that the physical discomfort of not eating for one day is normal. Some of you may get a headache at the beginning. Just keep drinking water, liquids. Hydrate, very important. You may get a headache. Why? Because you're not used to skipping a meal. That's why. And you're certainly not used to skipping two meals and three meals. You've never skipped three meals, so you may get a headache, but believe it or not, it'll go away. And you know what may happen to you during the fast? You might feel hungry. <laughs> well, of course you might feel hungry, but you know what happens with the hunger feeling? It goes away. You will be surprised. You'll actually be surprised that you're thinking, man, I haven't eaten today at all and I, pff, I'm not that hungry. It may even teach you that your body does not need as much food as you shovel into it every day. Oh, amen. Who said amen? Skinny guy over there, Claude. Yeah, right. Mr. Donut. Boy. The idea is that the advantages of the day of fasting will far outweigh the disadvantage. Now, are there exceptions? Absolutely. Some people cannot fast from food because of health issues. Those who are uh, menstruating or those who are pregnant, not a good idea to be fasting. Okay. Um, uh, those who have heart problems, not a good idea for this fast. People with diabetes or, or hypoglycemia or kidney disease should not unbalance their system with a fast. And people who have donated blood, if you've gone to donate blood that day, that's not a good day to be, to be fasting. So, you know, I mean, there are exceptions. If you're not sure, you know, talk to me, talk to your doctor. Now, just because you don't fast from food, does that mean you can't fast? Oh, you can fast. You, you, you may not be able to fast from food, but there are certain things that you can abstain from simply to deny yourself. No meat for 24 hours. No caffeine for 24 hours. No sweets for 24 hours. No media. That would be hard for me. Boy, oh boy. No media for 24 hours. No TV, no radio, no newspaper, no movies, no music, no text messaging. Oh, now I'm getting to the under 20 crowd, eh? Under 30 crowd. No, but you know what I'm saying? No texting. No, you, you could try that as a fast. What are you trying to do? You're trying to withdraw from the things in the world and focus on the things that belong to God. Now, <clears throat> any questions on that? Just Yes, Leonard. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that the, the Pharisees, they fasted much, but one of their problems was is they, they also practiced everything here, but their knowledge wasn't correct. 
they fasted, denied themselves, but their, their concept and their perspective of who God was was a little bit wrong because of their knowledge of God. And fasting is a good opportunity to meditate on the Word of God. Amen. That's another thing, of course. Okay, William? Uh, that's another thing. I mentioned what can you do you know, during your prayer time? Hey, you can also be reading the Psalms out loud and giving glory to God. You can be reading your Bible. I didn't even mention that because I thought that was, that was like a no-brainer, you know, but that certainly is something you could be doing. Although I do want you to concentrate on your communication with God. Okay? All right, William, you had a question? Is there something wrong or a typo or something? Oh, okay. All right. Well, I didn't read everything that was on the sheet here, just the do's and don'ts. Okay? Any other questions? Somebody else had a question? Yes. Uh, the one that's uh, write the, uh, the paper on the board, yeah. did they have to rewrite it another time? Uh, it's going around. Yeah, but, but it, I, that, it's the same one. I just yeah. took it off the board and I put, your English is pretty good, Mr. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brother Jill. He don't need the earphones anymore now. He's pretty good, I'm telling you. Any other questions about the fasting or the, 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 what, the, the type of exercise that, that we're doing? Okay. Yeah, okay. Chloe? Let's say because uh, you know, I'm driving a leg. Driving would not be a good time to take while I'm driving, would it? <laughs> no, because, I, I mean, you know. No, it's not, the, it's not a, a great. If you're driving Friday night overnight, you know, that's, fasting is not a good idea because it changes. No, I'm not talking about fasting. Okay, all right, okay. Some of your coffee is on for a long time. Yeah, oh, listen to him. <laughs> well, you know, uh, perhaps... Uh, yeah, I can fill in some spots there. You can fi obviously, uh, driving is a dangerous uh, profession. You have to pay attention to your thing, but maybe instead of listening to music or so on and so forth, you could bring some, uh, some uh, sacred music and, you know, uh, devote your evening to the Lord, you know, and, you know, there are ways to do it. CB off, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you could download a sermon, listen to the, uh, a sermon or two, that'd be good. Anybody else? En français, il y en a d'autres qui ont des questions peut-être? Non, c'est bien. All right, now, one last thing. The celebration. There's prayer and fasting, but we also have celebration. On Saturday at 6 p.m., we will break our fast. That's where the word, the English word breakfast comes from. It means to break your fast. For those who can make it, we ask you to come to the building around 5.30 or so here and bring potluck items so that at 6 p.m. we can break our fast with a fellowship meal. It'll be like a potluck, you know. But what we ask you to do is don't bring heavy food, you know, don't bring, you know, fried spare ribs or, you know, things like that. Bring, think a light buffet, cold cuts, things like that. We'll have a buffet here and we'll break our fast together. We'll have a fellowship meal together and then after we will have a celebration, a devotional. And for those who have done it before, you know that this is probably one of the best devotionals that we have throughout the year because the brothers and sisters are extremely motivated. They've been in the Lord for a 24-hour period, and we also have a period of sharing some of the things, some of the experiences that people have had during their time of fasting uh, is very, very encouraging. So that will be on the Saturday evening, 5.30 to 6 o'clock, all right? Um, 
So this weekend is a great opportunity to renew your spiritual life, to refresh your spirit, to recommit yourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's also very important because many of us have fallen away from the Lord. Because we've lost our focus on the Lord. You know, we've had people in our congregation who, because they were weak morally, chose to live in sexual sin instead of remaining faithful to the Lord, and they're not here anymore. There are those because, you know, Satan has a lot of ways to discourage us from being faithful. A lot of ways. One brother, because of greed, swindled somebody else in the church of their life savings. And because of that, is no longer here. One brother cannot convince his partner to be faithful. So instead of him being faithful, he chooses to be unfaithful with his partner. Yeah, wow. Nobody starts to be a Christian with the idea that they're going to be unfaithful to Jesus Christ. They always start with the idea, I love the Lord, I'm saved, my sins are forgiven. I'm going to remain faithful to you, Lord. And they begin that way. But there's a long distance between beginning with the Lord and finishing with the Lord. It's a long trip. It'd be nice if right after we came out of the waters of baptism, we could go straight to heaven. But it doesn't work like that. We come out of the waters of baptism and we rejoice in the fact that our sins are forgiven. But then there's a long life after that of perseverance. We're rarely tempted to rob a bank or, you know, murder, you know, plan to murder someone and steal their money. You know, it, it happens, but in all the years I've been preaching, I've never known a brother to or a sister to be guilty of such a a thing. But I've seen lots of brothers and sisters just quit the Lord and quit the church simply because they'd rather play football on Sundays or simply because their favorite program on TV happened at the same time as church or simply because um, they would rather sleep with their girlfriend instead of marry her and realized well I can't sleep with my girlfriend and come and take communion too so what am I going to do I'm going to continue sleeping with my girlfriend and I'll just let go serving the Lord. I've seen it happen over and over again. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. The thing that discourages me the most, the most, is not when you are ill and I visit you in the hospital, not when you're discouraged and I counsel and pray with you, not when you're angry or upset with me or Roger or somebody else in the church and we have to make peace. The thing that totally discourages me is when you quit 
when you quit the Lord. And the thing that hurts me the most personally as your minister is when I see you drifting away from the Lord. And I call you and I call on you and I tell you what's happening and you won't listen to me. And you continue drifting and drifting and drifting away from him. When Roger and I have our meetings on Monday, do you think we talk about money or the building? We talk about you. We take out the members list and we open the members list and we go through every single name, one by one. And we talk about your spiritual welfare and where we think you're at and what we think you need and we pray for you. And nothing in the world discourages us and hurts us in our spirit more than to watch you slowly drift away from the Lord and from the church based on the foolish decisions that you make. How you choose to work, who you choose to hang out with, where you choose to live, the things that you choose to do that continually take you away from God and take you away from the church. And usually it's the other way around. It's not things that take you away from God. It's things that take you away from God's church. And I'll tell you something. You cannot be, you cannot be faithful to Christ, who is the head of the church, without being faithful to the church, which is his body. So this prayer and fasting weekend, I know what I'm putting on that clipboard. I'm putting out that clipboard that we do not lose any more members to the world. That's my prayer. I hope you'll remember that. Now, some of you may not be able to participate in the prayer and fasting because you're not Christians yet. In other words, you've not confessed the name of Jesus and been baptized. That's how you become a Christian. And if you've not done that, then we can study with you, we can hear your confession of faith, we can set up the baptistry, and we can baptize you. Not only that you can participate in prayer and fasting, but that you can participate in eternal life. Amen. And some of you may not be able to participate because you've just not been very faithful to the Lord. If that's the case, then we encourage you to ask him to forgive you, to restore you. And if we can encourage you in that, then we want to be able to do that. I just want to remind you, you know that I like to joke, right? I like to laugh. They say that a congregation that laughs is a congregation that loves. So there's lots of love here. But church is a serious thing because it's about winning or losing your soul. Please don't ever confuse the fact that I like to laugh with the idea that I don't care about your souls. Please don't confuse the idea that because I like to smile and joke that I'm not concerned about your spiritual welfare. My approach is, you're responsible for your salvation, and I'm there to help you. If you want to throw it away, 
there's nothing I can do except mourn for you and weep for you. But if you want to be faithful, if you want to follow the Lord, if you want to close, closely follow him, then you can do it here. And one of the things that will help you do that is this prayer and fasting weekend. Ask yourself and see how close you are to the Lord. And if you need to be closer to him, and if we can help through prayer, then we're ready to do that. Let's have our song of, in whose turn is it? I, I just lost track. All right. What, what number are we doing? Number 24. All right, so we're going to have a number. Is it your turn or is it Ivner's turn? Oh, Ivner's turn. All right, Ivner, what number is it? So number 81 on the French side. We're going to stand. We're going to sing. This is our song of encouragement. If you need the prayers of the church, you need to be restored to being faithful. If you want to confess Christ to be baptized, this would be a good time to let us know. Just raise your hand and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come and see what your needs are. Ivner, if you come forward and lead us in that.